welcome back to the Suraj podcast. In the previous episode, we ended with Guru Hargobin giving a, a cryptic response to Pandey Khan about his son. One clarification, though, I should mention, I mentioned that the son would take revenge. I misspoke there. It mentions the son of the son, so Pandey Khan's grandson. Now, this is foreshadowing to the stories of Guru Gobind Singh. In the Suraj Prakash, Guru Gobind Singh's assassination is remembered in a way that includes Bandit Khan's grandson being the one to attack Guru Gobind Singh, inflicting the wound, which becomes uh, the cause of their passing. So in chapter four, ended with Bandit Khan telling Guru Hargobind that his wife gave birth to his son. Now in chapter five, um, it begins with speaking about how Bandit Khan and his wife were now looking to get their first child, their daughter, married off. So. Uh, they end up going to the village of Mir, not too far from Kartarpur. They see a young Pratan boy there who's named uh, Saman Khan. Uh, he was about 16 years old. He lived with his father. He had a really good job and uh, he worked for the emperor. So the emperor recognized him uh, as a very capable, very strong warrior, even at a young age, and gave him uh, whatever he needed in terms of supplies and very generously uh, gave him a large salary. So Pandekhan thought this would be a really good match in the sense that they had a very same uh, similar lineage, uh, social status was lined up, and Pandekhan uh, was also really impressed with the young man's uh, physique. So they quickly organized and performed the marriage, and then Saman Khan then started to reside in Pandekhan's house. So Saman Khan mixed in with the household very well. He uh, enjoyed playing with the young son of Bandit Khan. Uh, both Bandit Khan and his wife really enjoyed the company of Saman Khan. You know, whatever fancy gifts they got from Guru Hargobind, they would then give that to their son-in-law. And uh, Bandit Khan's wife would also spoil the son-in-law with all sorts of fancy food, uh, whatever he wanted. So now shifting back to Guru Hargobind, it mentions how Guru Hargobind was enjoying his time there in Kartarpur. Uh, he would spend much of his time hunting, and the text mentions that uh, Guru Hargobind would be liberating the animals that he kills during the hunts, uh, roaming around in the forest with his large army. And um, additionally, you know, besides hunting, he would also make sure that he spent time providing spiritual instruction to his Sikhs as well, uh, so that they could be liberated in this life. And in this way, it mentions that Guru Hargobind followed the previous previous paths that the Gurus took as well, um, you know, concerning himself with spiritual matters. But also, um, it mentions how now Guru Hargobind is now keeping an army, uh, large amounts of warriors together, you know, creating havoc for the emperor. Um, so in this way, he's engaging in both the Miri, uh, the worldly pursuits, as well as the Bidi, the spiritual pursuits. So this is how Guru Hargobind was spending his time in Kartarpur. Uh, at around the month of Mag, now this would be the Western equivalent of around January, February, there was a man in Kartarpur named Lal Beg, and he thought to his wife that, uh, or sorry, Lal Chah, and he thought to his wife that uh, it's time that uh, our daughter named Gujri uh, get married. So this would be a great time for the wedding, his wife, Bishankor, agreed to this and said, yes, this is going to be a great time. Let's not delay this any further. Um, let's quickly write a letter to Guru Hargobind uh, to formalize this. Now, at this point, um, Gujri and, and uh, Teg Bahadur 
had also had already been promised to each other this was just then the um, actual marriage so once they had come to this agreement Laljan and, and his wife Bishankor they called a Brahmin to formalize this idea who would then write this into a letter and the Brahmin then you know set the marriage date for the ninth day of Fagan now Fagan is uh, the, well the equivalent would be um, around mid-February to mid-March so on the ninth day of Fagan they wrote this on the on the letter and they sent it uh, to Guru Hargobind so the Brahmin personally delivered this who upon reaching Guru Hargobind salutes him and then reads out the letter to the entire family so the family then does the rites you know whatever they were doing in their family tradition to prepare for the wedding um, everybody accepted it and got really happy the women all got together and started singing songs about the wedding and were having a great time the Brahmin actually stayed there for a few days um, so the family could then serve him give charity uh, and he stayed there for a few days before heading back so when the marriage day was coming up Guru Hargobind called the entire family all his family and friends to attend you know they sent out invitations they sent out sweets and food with the invitations as well so they sent out invitations to many people among the list included Baba uh, Datu so who was Guru Angad's son was still alive his family um, who were really happy hearing about uh, Teg Bahadur's wedding uh, would be happening soon Guru Amar Das's family uh, Guru Hargobind's in-laws Harichand who upon hearing sent money and gifts to the family you know they were coming from Amritsar out to uh, Kartarpur uh, Dvara who was Mata Marwahi's father uh, so Guru Hargobind's in-laws um, Rama came as well so who is Nihalkor's dad and that would be uh, Gurditta's in-laws Baba Gurditta's in-laws Jodrai also came from Kangar and he came with many people bringing gifts and uh, supplies for the wedding Sadhu and Rupa also came with their entire family you know they came on foot Bibi uh, Viro came Guru Hargobind's daughter so all these families they all got together and they made sure that um, you know they were all having a good time there uh, Guru Hargobind was making sure that you know everybody was fed and supplied had shelter uh, Mata Nanaki and Mata Marwahi, the two wives of Guru Hargobind, were greeting everybody as they were coming into the city, you know, with very sweet words, making sure everybody was happy and healthy. At this point, all the women were getting together and singing songs, you know, in great bliss about the wedding. In the house of the Guru, there was, you know, this uproar, there was such a great time happening. Um, it mentions just like the wedding of a great king. You know, they were thinking that, um, you know, this is the glory of the Guru, you know, at first in the house of the Guru, there was only this uh, Bidi, spiritual aspect, but now uh, Guru Khargobind has brought in this realm of Miri, you know, the material um, influence, the material uh, aspect to uh, the world in terms of, you know, the army, the large amounts of horses, elephants, weapons around, etc. So the men were then, you know, in the congregation talking about stories about war, weaponry in the congregation. And afterwards, after they have the congregation, the divan, the court, everybody would then go to the communal kitchen, which was quite extensive. It talks about the types of food there, all sorts of type of food, delicious sweets, salty food, anything you can imagine. 
people of the area heard, needy people of the area heard, and actually even people, needy people from far came to enjoy the communal kitchen. And these needy people would then sing out praise of Guru Hargobin that, you know, you're providing us with sustenance. So in this way, the wedding preparations were being enjoyed for many days. And the day of the wedding was finally coming close. So again, people were really excited. The women uh, were singing songs. You know, there was drums. A dole was being played. Um, different flutes and bells uh, were all being sounded off. You know, there were even dancers there performing for the large uh, crowds. Uh, celebrations, these celebrations were carrying on for many, many days, such that, you know, people were forgetting what day it was. Guru, um, or then the uh, young Teg Bahadur was preparing for the wedding. You know, women were getting ready then to do the Maya on him. So they were rubbing this turmeric-based uh, paste on his body before the wedding. And the text describes Teg Bahadur's body as being so beautiful that you know, even men, women, everybody was being captivated by his sight. You know, he was a very tall man. It mentions just built like his father, Guru Hargobind, known to be a very big and strong man. You know, his face was round and elegant like the moon. He had very long arms. He had a very wide and strong chest. His eyes were very big, you know, and in his eyes he had this tint of red hue to them as well. His shoulders were wide and built and his stride was... Uh, so graceful and, and beautiful that, you know, whoever he walked by, people were looking at him. So all the women were then, you know, performing this rite and, and rubbing this paste on him and singing songs as they were doing this as well. So afterwards, they bathe him in, in water that has been infused with beautiful scents. And it mentions how the body now is, think about his body is looking very beautiful. He puts on these very delicate yellow clothes. Uh, the poet, the author, describes how the yellow clothes with his moon-like face look like as if, you know, you collected all the lightning in the world and then, you know, the cloud, or sorry, the, the moon is peeking out through the middle of that. On his wrist, Degbahadur's wrist, he had these beautiful bracelets. And then Degbahadur went with his family to do charity before uh, the wedding. So he went with all the women and, and they go... Uh, to donate food to the local Brahmin. Uh, the women were singing beautifully um, like nightingale birds. And the women, their eyes were like lotus flowers and they walked so gracefully with the poise like an elephant. This, this was praise of old. And they were wearing the beautiful clothes as well, very extensive jewelry it mentions that the women were wearing. And uh, on the groom side, uh, Teg Bahadur along with all the family then started to get uh, together and then they started to walk towards the bride's house. Now they were walking towards the bride's house because um, their house was in the same village so they didn't feel a need to, to mount up on horses or anything. So as they're walking there, people are singing. Um, along with the party, you know, all the warriors of Guru Hargobind's army are going as well. You know, they're armed with their swords and shields, you know, just like they were going to war. And the village was then filled up with people, you know, out and about, walking with Guru Teg Bahadur. People in the village were so happy. You know, some people were throwing money over the head of, of Teg Bahadur. So when the bride and groom side, uh, when they meet, you know, they did their milni. So they greeted each other uh, with a lot of happiness. Lal Chand, uh, Guruji's father, bows down and touches Guru Hargobind's feet so he doesn't do the typical, you know, type of wrestling, grappling. Um, but Guru Hargobind very respectfully lifts Lal Chand up 
and uh, you know gives him a big hug. At that point, Lao Chan goes back to his house to prepare for the wedding, and then um, Dag Bahadur is presented in front of the bride's house. Now he stands in front of the door, and on the other side, in the house, at the door, uh, guarding the door, are all the women from the bride's house. And the women inside are singing songs, but they're also teasing and swearing at uh, Dag Bahadur as well. And then after some time, uh, Dag Bahadur and the groom side, they all go back uh, to prepare for the wedding ceremony that would occur later that day. And that's how chapter 5 ends, and then chapter 6 is going to continue on and detail um, the wedding uh, ceremonies of Guru uh, Dag Bahadur. <laughs> Shall the Paranga Tetariga,